0: Well, greetings and welcome to Deep in Scripture. This is your co-host, Marcus Grodi. I'm joined by my oldest son, John Mark. Hello, John Mark.
1: Hey, Dad. Glad glad to be back here. Really enjoying this study.
0: Yeah, I am too. It's been a lot of fun. Um, I'm not even wondering whether Cyprian ever dream that anybody would spend so much time looking at one paragraph <laughs> from his treatise. But
1: word by word, phrase by phrase, yeah.
0: uh, sometimes half a word by half a word. But <laughs> um, but it it was a wonderful collection from this section of the treatise on the Lord's Prayer by St. Cyprian, where he's talking about uh, thy will be done. And of course, as we've said in previous episodes, Cyprian points out that it's not so much that we're hoping or praying that God's will will get done. We assume that it will. The question is, will be done in our life? And will we discern and follow God's will? Will we be uh, malleable to the will of God? And Cyprian gives a list of qualities or virtues or actions uh, that all... Help us imitate Christ. And he says, if we wish to be a co-heir with Christ, to keep God's command. So these are some things. And we've looked at these over the last week's humility. And last week, we looked at refusal to harm others and a readiness to suffer harm. And this week, we're going to look at three of the bullet points together because they're, they're interrelated, at least in the way our Lord Jesus addresses them. And that's peaceable, peaceableness with our brothers, a wholehearted love of the Lord, and loving Him in him what is of the Father. And we found another translation of that by in the uh, Catholic University Press edition of Fathers of the Church, in which it says, "...to love him in that he is Father." So those three together, we're going to look at today's uh, episode, peaceableness with our brothers, a wholehearted love of the Father, to love him in that he is Father. But before we get to even talk about that, I I need to back up a little bit, because after we um, did last week's program on a refusal to harm others or readiness to suffer harm over the last week. I kept thinking about it, and you know where I kept thinking about it was every time I was behind the wheel in a car. Oh, yeah? (laughs) And it struck me that we didn't talk about that, Hmm. but there's no more common experience for Christians today of where all of this applies, but particularly that idea of refuse to harm others And a readiness to suffer harm. And I don't mean driving your car into somebody. It's not so much that. It's it's the attitude that the devil can use that instrument to bring out in us. Right. On the one hand, it's a great gift of technology that God has given our civilization, though there are some people that question that. (laughs) But on the other hand, as with all good gifts, the devil can abuse them and use them for our detriment, right? Now the Amish, we mentioned them last week, the Amish, the reason they don't have cars, one of a number of reasons, but the main reason, uh, I've heard an Amish man say recently is that it's because the the, the automobile tends to fragment families. Mm-hmm. And he's he was right. I and mean, if you look at our country, before automobiles people generally lived fairly close together. For an Amish family their fa- their life is as far as a horse can ride. But with the car our world has been shattered. So I mean that's an issue we can yeah. talk about. But this issue of harm I think about when you're driving in the car and you got somebody tailgating you or somebody driving way too slow or passing yeah. in and out there's so many ways the devil the earth, the the world of flesh and the devil can get us to think about harming, or being angry that we're being harmed. Right. Yeah, you got
1: me thinking about this beforehand. Yet to think about what are the situations, the common situations in your life uh, that you already know ahead of time. Man, I, when I get in that situation, that's when it what it brings out the worst to me. And it may be again. I think for so many people, the car is a great situation, a great uh, a great uh, example. For other people, it might be like being on the internet, being on social media. There's some context that you already know from past experience. When you get in that context, you, the danger is going to be lose your temper, lose your patience. And so, there are two things you can do. Number one is decide whether I need should be in that con- context again. In the case of the car, most of us have to continue driving our cars. But in that, in that phrase he uses, a readiness to suffer harm. That readiness I think is really important, right? To look ahead or to look back and know, to understand those situations and say, I need to be ready going into that situation, going into that that potential situation of impatience and I need to be ready because sometimes if we're not ready, our, our emotions get going long before our, our, our intellect and our will catch up and then, we, then, we, then we're just an anger ball and it's hard to get out of that. So, that readiness for those situations I think is important.
0: Yeah, I, I'm guessing that most of us generally, whether you're driving a car or, or using the internet, are not looking for ways to harm others. Right. Although I've gotten to the point in my life where I no longer believe that St. Thomas was right when he says no one intends an evil. Because people who invented computer viruses... <laughs> I can't think of anything other than they intend an in evil, but that's another uh, issue. Yeah, another issue. <laughs> you know, but but yeah. what usually happens is when somebody harms us in some way, that's when we become motivated to harm them back. Right. And so those the, the order that Cyprium had of gets flipped. Right. You know, when we get harmed, when someone's tailgating us for whatever or doing whatever in the car or in the internet doing things yeah, a, a, you know, that that bring harm to us, you know, then it's how do we react back? And he says mm. the first step is refusal. Mm. Rather be harmed. Mm. And that's tough. And that's yep. where we need grace. Yeah, You know, all you got to do in the car is don't look in the mirrors. <laughs> you, you know, it's, it, there are ways of dealing with this, but I liked your point, John Mark, of knowing when we're vulnerable in yeah. certain situations. So... But I just thought to bring that up for that. Let's let's move on to this yeah. subject today. What do you think, first of all, before we get into our scriptures today, of those three points?
1: Uh, yeah, three great bullet points there, and I, and I like. I, actually, I forgot to ask you beforehand. But where does this? This is pretty near the end of Cyprian's list, right? I don't think I have the full list here in front of me. But this, we're getting toward the end of it. Getting towards
0: the right. end. There might be four or five more. But okay.
1: okay, but you know, to to root all these points in the wholehearted love of God and of neighbor. And that I mean that's that's what a lot of these scriptures that you you uh, you have for us today uh, get us to is that uh, all these things their their root is in love of God and love of neighbor. You know, that's the anchor that holds them there. And so um looking at these three together and and, and particularly this also this point about um you know Cyprian started this talking about how we imitate Christ, how we become a co-heir with Christ. So focusing on love of God and love of neighbor, but also the particular particular quality we imitate in Christ of loving God as Father. Uh, they're, they're really important points to chew on a little bit, and so I'm looking forward to that. <laughs>
0: yeah, let's face it. In one sense, there's nothing novel we're saying at all. No. There's nothing new here at all. But in the same reason that Cyprian had to say it is that sometimes we take it for granted, so we don't right. think about it. Yeah. Um, and especially this quality of to love him in that he is Father. To reflect on that's the motive or the shaping of the kind of love we have for right. our Father in that we are brothers and sisters of Christ, hmm. uh, co-heirs by his grace. Yeah. So, so I've, I've just thrown together some scriptures as a bit of a background there. Um, for this, um, since we're deep in Scripture uh, in this yeah, program. Yeah. Um, the first comes from Matthew 19, 16 through 19. And this is the context of the what's been titled the rich young ruler who comes to our Lord. We've heard this many times, and I only read part of it. Uh, the Scripture reads, "...and behold, one came up to him, saying, Teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? And Jesus said to him, Why do you ask me about what is good?" One there is who is good. If you would enter life, keep the commandments. And the man said to him, well, which? And Jesus said, you shall not kill. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Now, the reason I added that at the beginning of this list is that the point of this passage is saying In other words, the young man wants to know, what's God's will? How do I get to heaven? And Jesus says, well, before we start talking about anything specific, there's some things we all know. The commandments. Yeah, Knowing God's will begins with what he's told us specifically. There's the Mm -hmm. commandments. But what often isn't noticed is that Jesus includes in that list a statement that isn't in the Ten Commandments, but had become by then an accepted statement if you will, summary of a whole aspect of the Ten Commandments. And that's the phrase, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But that comes from another place in Scripture, which Mm -hmm. we're going to look at in a second. Uh, But my, my point is that Jesus is already understanding and expecting that people recognize that this the dual love of God and love of neighbor as yourself is understood in his culture. The problem is, is there are people debating this. Well, how much do I have to love my neighbor? Who's my neighbor? You know, so that's a debate. So when when Jesus, in the next passage, which I want you to read, John Mark, is when he is being put to the test by someone of which of these opinions about love, where do you stand, Jesus. All right. Which of these command which is important, Jesus? So why don't you go ahead with the next section, John Mark?
1: Sure. Sure. And it's Matthew 22. And one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment, commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. Yeah, so the... Go ahead.
0: I was going to say, so there our Lord, yeah. with all the opinions out there, right, battling over, you know, what's the criteria for divorce, or who's my neighbor, or how far do I have to go, you know, all these laws. He cuts through it. And he doesn't invent something new. He pulls something out of everything they know and dust away all the distractions and say, these are the two. These are the two. Love of God, love of neighbor as you love yourself. So in other words, that's summarizing all that the his audience, all that the faith has brought to this moment with Christ. Everything. Yeah. Right. Okay. And used as a as a criteria for examining the baggage that's been added on Mm -hmm. as people have come up with their own ideas of what it means to love. So they come up with all kinds of stuff. And as Jesus says to the Pharisees, you're putting burdens on people's backs. You can't even carry yourself. Mm -hmm. So they're putting stuff on it. And Jesus is cutting through. Love your Lord with your heart, mind, soul, and strength Mm -hmm. and your neighbor as yourself. Right.
1: Right. Yeah, that the so the the phrase in Cyprian's list, a wholehearted love of the Lord. You know, what does it mean to love with one's whole heart? You know, in the Beatitudes, we have the 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 notion of the pure of heart. Uh, blessed are the pure of heart that they will see God. What does it mean to be pure of heart to love with a whole heart? Um, I mean, certainly the we we know what that is by its opposite. You know, to a divided heart. You know, we can say we love God. Uh, we can say we're people of love. But love is, the nature of love is such that um, your heart is ultimately attached to one primary main thing, that you're going to have one God, you know, you're going to have one God that you serve and the question is, what God is that? And if your heart's divided, if you're trying to carry on a double life of, of loving God and you know, trying to, to hold out, you know, for mammon in some way, it's not going to work. So the, the love of God has to be wholehearted. And we recognize that at any given moment, we're, we're impure, but that's part of the process is recognizing that that impurity has to give way. You know, that's the process of our life is to, to iron that out.
0: Yeah. A great study, which would take some time, but I would mm. actually encourage anyone to think about this is you can do it with a computer now and yeah. look up, References to heart yeah. in the Bible, and it's I find it fascinating, and, and because you recognize that of all the things that are going on in Scripture, or said in Scripture, from beginning to end, the thread that runs through the whole Scriptures is what is the condition of your heart, mm-hmm. and often that's the issue. Cain and Abel, what was the difference? Yeah. Heart. Yeah. yeah. I, just this morning, I was looking at studying the the first two kings of of Israel Saul and David mm-hmm. and they both screwed up and after being confronted with being sc- messing things up and turning from God David was a murderer and adulterer mm-hmm. Saul was just you know all kinds you know he was sacrificing to false gods when they're confronted they both confess yeah. they yeah. both say I'm sorry but with Saul, God took away the kingdom. Yeah. With David, it was the death of the child. But he remained faithful to David all the way through, no matter how bad the kings were. What was the difference? Yeah. His heart.
1: Yeah. You know, and it, it strikes me that that again, that to understand that that sort of heart, that purity of heart, that wholeheartedness, um, it gets into that third point a bit of. Um, there's a reason why God presents himself as father. that He draws attention to that relationship because it's kind of like, you know, the earlier bullet point we talked about, the justice and mercy, that that sort of variable. Well, the father figure as a symbol um, uh, is connected to those two points. Because, you know, what does a father do? A father upholds justice in the law, you know, gives, uh, gives discipline on the one hand. But then we also have the image of, the you know, the, the, the prodigal son's father. You know, the father doesn't explain away or ignore sinfulness. The father's about reality. The father's about what is true and real. But the father, the heart of a father is also willing to forgive precisely because the father recognizes the truth of things. So, you you really are a sinner. You really are a screw up. You know, but if you want my forgiveness, I grant it. You know, so that to, under, to really understand what that wholeheartedness, the the purity of heart that God wants, you know, drawing our attention to the love of a father for a son really clarifies what that love looks like.
0: Yeah. And it really is humility. I mean, he talked about yeah. it earlier in that list, but right. if there's anything that's important for us as sons of God, adopted sons of God by grace, it's always humility and gratitude. Right. Right. And if we're not that way, then we end up like Saul, right? You know why are we applying? You know because he Mm -hmm. he had he had uh, um, bullet points under his his apology. Yeah, it wasn't full, just as with Cain and Abel, it wasn't full, right? Yeah.
1: Also, like the also like the prodigal son's uh, brother as well. You know, and that gets back to the first bullet point. Like, if we really love the Father, then we love with the Father's heart as well. Which means when a brother of ours, even if they too are a screw up like us, we're happy at their repentance. We're happy at the love of the Father for them.
0: Yeah, these are a great three bullet points from Cyprian. That again, we could uh, (laughs) good not only could we spend more time, but it would make a great discussion for a group of guys or whatever sitting around and talking about that. So. All of these, yeah. by the way, would make a great bullet point right. for a, a meeting of a bunch well, of men to gather to talk about this, or women. You right. Know, but, but, you right. Know what well, mean? that's what
1: we hope we prompt, too. Again, yeah. like, you know, you you know, scripture much better than I. I'm enjoying to be along for the ride, but we're not presenting this as the definitive. But this is what we would want
0: discussion you know, like starters.
1: We, discussion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Bible study.
0: <laughs> well, let's go to the next scripture to uh, so keep sure. an eye on time. This comes from John 15. And this comes from that wonderful portion of, of Scripture that chapters um, 14, 15, 16, and 17 that scholars assume is happening the night in which our Lord is betrayed his last time he's meeting with his apostles. And he's just told them about, I am the vine, you are the branches, that whole little section. And then the next Scripture is, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love is no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. Hmm. So, in a way, what we looked at in the other two verses was Jesus kind of saying, this is what you've been said. This is what you've heard. All of everything you've ever been told is summarized in these two things. But now I tell you. So right. it's, it's another one of his, but you, as you've heard now, I, it says it's his fulfilling of, of the law, his, his deepening, and what he says, because we can be flawed if we're the model for our love. Right. But he's saying, no, no, no. He's saying, I'm the model of your love.
1: Yeah, that, that's what's a little bit ironic, too, about that, that whole thing. Love your neighbor as yourself. What if you don't love yourself <laughs> rightly? either. I mean, we're all broken people. And so, we get what's being gotten at there. If in we're pathologically
0: self-centered <laughs> well, to the point where we can't even see how, how simple... Sem- how does that even work? <laughs> <laughs> and and so, so,
1: you know, like, again, it's it's, it's it's important to have this anchor in the list of, of bringing all these these points of Cyprian back to wholehearted love of God and love of God as father. Um, Uh, precisely because you can have the best definitions, elaborations of what love is, all these points, this is what love looks like, this, 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 this and this. But the greatest example we have is when it's actually lived out in the lives of the saints, but preeminently in the life of God's son become man. It's like in him, that's where we really see what it looks like. And so, now he said, you know, you've heard heard this, love God, love neighbor as yourself, imitate me, imitate, you know, I've shown you what that looks like in the flesh.
0: Well, you mentioned lived out in the saints. Why are they saints? Because this is what they did. Exactly. Yeah. They imitated Jesus. Exactly. And they loved people that they didn't find very loving, but they did. Mm-hmm. And if they're, I mean, greater love has no man but this. So he's saying all that yeah. other stuff, all this. this is it. And he's basically right. saying, I'm going to show you guys. Because mm-hmm. tomorrow on a cross, because this is when he said tomorrow on a cross. Sadly, we see in in Matthew that they all run away. Yeah, they they all run away. Maybe it's because it's just too much. Yeah, if they really too think real, it's too real. So, <laughs> so what does it mean to love? What does it mean to love? I remember watching an old Love Boat. Um, Episode back in the whenever that was '80s or something, and they all they had two hundred couples on the boat, all engaged, getting married, and at the same time, the head of the love boat, the captain, said, "Okay, repeat after me: I, all the men, take mm-hmm. the, and all the women, to be my lawful wedded, whatever, for as long as as we both may love." Oh and in the context of how they understood what it meant to love that may have lasted as long as the cruise right so what does it mean to love well john mark why don't you read the passage that seems to always comes to mind when we (laughs) want to define what love is
1: yeah yeah this is the this is the corinthians passage (laughs) love is patient and kind love is not jealous or boastful it is not arrogant or rude love does not insist on its own way it is not irritable or resentful it does not rejoice at wrong, but rejoices in the right. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. So faith, hope, love, abide, these three. But the greatest of these is love. Yeah. Yeah, the classic verse. I, I always, of course, you know, with my... I'm always interested in the virtues here. So uh, that that this is the introduction of the theological virtues here at the end. You know, this anchor which is appropriate for this discussion because it precisely again what he's doing is he's anchoring us in the, the root of all this is love of God and neighbor. Um and faith, hope and love describe they're kind of three sides of the same coin. This 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 basic way of life, this basic path of life that we we step onto. Um and as you, you, know, you pointed out earlier that, you know, there's another list here, a little bit like Cyprian's, right, of what the, that looks like.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Very many of the same things. Right. Same points. 99 out of 100 times when any of us hear this verse read, it's in a wedding. Yeah. I mean, that's basically it's because we assume, we immediately assume this is about marital love. And right. it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, how do you love your spouse? Well, okay. Number one, be patient. Number two, be kind. Number three, don't be jealous. Number four, don't be boastful. Don't be arrogant. Don't be rude. I mean, the list goes on. So what it gets to is that love is not primarily a feeling. You don't love when you feel like it. This is a willful act, the way you choose to be, whether you feel Mm. it or not. Being patient doesn't come along once you've got the virtue of patience. Mm. It must come first. Right. You know, so that's what this is all about. But but I want to emphasize that the context of this passage is not marriage. The context of this passage in 1 Corinthians is in life in the church. Marriage right. is just one aspect of that. It's kind of like Ephesians 5 and 6. You know, it talks about husband and wife, but that's in the context of living as a church. So right. this is the way we are to treat those in the church. Those that we live mm-hmm. on the street next to, you know, those that we yeah. work with. This is what it means, to do that.
1: You know, it's interesting going back to the the passage from Matthew. Again, part of, it seems to me part of what's going on in these New Testament passages is, you know, the, the rich young ruler asks, you know, what deed, what good deed must I do to inherit inter- eternal life? So there's this. You know this. If this, then this. You know, the, we want a formula. What do I have to do to get to the reward? And it seems like part of what's going on is, is Jesus reframing this a little bit and say, "Well, maybe you're thinking of this wrong wrongly." You know, this reward we're talking about. We're talking about the, the reward, salvation, the kingdom of God, is faith, hope, and love. It's the relationship of it's it's being it's um. It's entering into God's love and living in that love. Like what? What else do you, are you imagining when you're imagining this salvation? This is what. This is both the means as well as the end. You know, and so you can't. You can't really separate the two. There's no good deed you're going to do to get there. It's it's entering into this life of love because that's the point. That is the prize. That is um,
0: the goal. That is the state. And yeah. the confusion that that many Christians have about this idea of doing good deeds is they. they They mix up something, which is really important Uh, because it isn't a deed that we do to therefore earn our way, as if God is obligated to give us heaven because we've done it. So that's not Mm -hmm. right, but that doesn't negate the reality of righteous acts as a necessary part of demonstrating our faith, that our faith must be demonstrated in the way we love. Or it isn't faith, that's what James Mm -hmm. says. Paul right. wouldn't be against that. He's just against, St. Paul, would just be against the idea that if I'm going to do something, I'm going to earn my way to heaven. No. Right. No, that's not what it's about. It's yeah. a free giving of ourself and all that we are, which in yeah. love means no man has a greater love than to give yourself completely yeah. for another person.
1: Yeah, the act isn't separate. And this is, again, where the notion of virtue gets so important because we're not. it's not about doing X, Y, and Z so we get another letter, A, A, B, or C, it's that we're becoming something. It's, we, we do these things because it's part of the process of a, us becoming the men and women that God's calling us to be.
0: I'm going to throw two quick scriptures in while we got a couple seconds left. Yeah. One's from Ephesians 4, which talks about the necessity of speaking the truth in love. Mm-hmm. And the reason Paul emphasized that is that both are important, truth yeah. and love and we can't sacrifice one for the other i'm going to be so much for truth that i forget the fact that i'm to love of my brother who disagrees mm-hmm. with me it's a yeah. both hand or i'm just going to love him so much i'm going to compromise what's true right both of those are important and we could talk an awful lot about but then one last verse john mark and then mm-hmm. i'll ask you for your reflection Sure. Where in Hebrews 12, it says, strive for peace with all men and for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Hmm. This is necessary. Yeah. This is necessary.
1: Yeah, that holiness. Again, this is not about doing X, Y, or Z acts. It's about becoming, you know, the holiness is a is a is a state of being, and we can't do it on our own. We couldn't do it by a million good acts. But it's in doing those good acts we're cooperating with God, we're being obedient, we're allowing him to transform us.
0: And I think in this, behind this, I read the Beatitudes yeah. because the first part of the Beatitudes you can do perfectly alone in the closet. <laughs> but the second part of the Beatitudes where you become a peacemaker and then you're persecuted for being that peacemaker means you got to get out of your closet and imitate Christ. That's what he's saying here. You could just be holy, but he's also saying, but you need to strive for peace with all men. It's a both, yeah. because our faith is a relational faith. Yeah, You know, as we live it out as Christ, in his giving of himself for us, was very relational. He gave his life yeah. for everyone, and, right. we're, and we're called to do that. All right, John Mark, excellent. Thanks for joining me on this, everyone. Thank you for joining us. We'll jump in next week with the next bullet point on Cyprian's list. See you next week.
1: Deep in Scripture is a production of The Coming Home Network International. To hear more episodes, view our full archive of written and video conversion stories, participate in our online community forum and more, visit chnetwork.org. You're also invited to explore free membership in The Coming Home Network and receive support on your own Catholic journey. Again, visit chnetwork.org for more information.